Uh, welcome to A Pint with Shawnee B. I'm sitting in Kinsale. I've got a mental guest here today. Like any of you who've been following this show, this is going to blow the doors off. Okay. I am about to interview a guy called Antonio Fernandez in his hotel room. He is a very famous and infamous character. He's a former gang leader of a gang called the Latin Kings, very famous Latin American uh, Hispanic gang. His story is one of, uh, he turned the gang from being an organized crime gang into one that tried and still tries to focus on political movement and justice for his people. Anyway, I'm welcoming to the podcast Antonio Fernandez. Welcome, sir. Hey, how you doing? And thanks for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. You have a good buddy uh, who's working in Kinsale's. She told me, hey, you got to do this guy. He's pretty cool, you know. <laughs> He's about his, you know, she, she was a little more adamant than the other people she probably wants you to. Uh, there's a lot of stuff written about you, and there's been a HBO documentary made by John Alpert, which is apparently is very, very good. How did you end up from your family, from a small child, getting into this area? Well, it's, it's, it's basically uh, the story of what I call the other, the immigrant. I'm a third generation, Puerto, I'm Puerto Rican, my right. mother and father. Well, the second generation came with their parents, mm-hmm. and I was the third. When they came in, it was tough, you know. We were at the time in New York in the early 70s. You had the, the Black Power Movement yeah. for the rights of, 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 you know, the Black American. Black Panthers. Black Panthers, yeah. Martin Luther King, all that. There was a lot of things going on, but I, what I couldn't understand and know, I knew I wasn't black, I knew I wasn't white, but I didn't know I was in Puerto Rican. Yeah. I didn't know who I was and where did I fit in there. Talk to me about that because I've lived in America as well and there is the Hispanic, you can be Puerto Rican, you can be Mexican, you can be from South America, you can be from Spain. There wasn't, never felt to me the same cohesion that there was in African-Americanism. Even though they're all from different countries as well, historically. But there wasn't that kind of organizing concept, I felt. Yeah, it's it's really sad. Like, I remember a politician that was running in New York, Badillo. He was running for uh, mayor. And it's the first time I ever heard of a a Latin or Puerto Rican man even try to get some form of seat of power. And I was feeling left out in the sense that it, you know, financially we wasn't competing. My father, he worked many years. My mother. Whereabouts in New York did you live? Well, well, I live in East New York, Brooklyn. It's right. a, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a very. If you look in the '60s, they made a another documentary called the Seventy Fifth, mm-hmm. and it's about the precinct of where I grew up and dirty cops from that precinct yeah. who helped. They said we were the bad guys, the Puerto Ricans, the blacks, but the whole community was in some way corrupt mm. because they were all. I think the 60s, 70s in New York was crazy because everybody was trying to find an identity, what yeah. they were going to do, and how they were going to compete in this capitalistic state while yeah. they had no capital. Yeah. They had no voice. Yeah. And it so was ghetto, the Irish The ghetto, there, yeah, the Irish Italian. left, and usually it was like that. The Italian already left it. Yeah. The, all the other immigrants that have moved on and, and, and had the ability to move forward, we inherited the leftovers. Yeah, yeah. East New York used to look like, I'm not kidding you, it was a part of war, Vietnam War because mm. in the building you have two good houses and the other six were burned. And I hated it. And more than anything, I hated being poor. What I was seeing was if I couldn't compete with what the TV was putting into my house, I wasn't equal to the people outside yeah. of my house. I became a consumer of wanting things to be able to compete 
instead of understanding that the values at home were going to give me what I needed later on to compete the right way. So I wasn't a gang member first. First, I became a drug dealer. How many of you in your family were you? Was there, was there... Okay, I got four sisters. I'm the second to youngest. I'm the only boy. Being the only boy and four sisters, I also was an inheritor of the most wanted thing in the ghetto was pussy. <laughs> nah, I don't mean to be rude. Yeah, 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 yeah. But every every dude eye. was yeah. my friend. Yeah, because of your sister. And then I started figuring out. Yeah. These motherfuckers don't really want to be with me. They yeah. they haunted my sisters. Were you very so, protectful of your sisters? Yes, yeah. too protectful. Too and protect. I was the youngest. Yeah, yeah. Because in the ghetto, the boy takes care of his sister. Of my father, even though I was young, he said, watch your sisters. Watch your sisters. So I always thought I was the man of the house after him. Yeah. And dudes used to beat mass to show me you ain't a man yet. We could talk to your sister. And in that challenge, I started more, I was getting more angry because one, I didn't have none. The only thing I had, I couldn't protect. The system was telling me, you know, in school, already in third grade, I wasn't competing because I was Spanglish. I didn't understand the English language. My father and mother spoke Spanish and English to us. Right. Very bit. Confusing time in my life. Yeah. And, and, and I was just lost. Very religious. Yeah. My, my mother and father, since the day I was born, Jesus has been in my house. Yeah. I couldn't get rid of the dude. He just <laughs> you know, have a lot in common with the Irish. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> We're all churched here. Yeah. And, and the church. sad part is, is that was the other thing that the pastor was filling our community because was poor to get our mom's little five dollars in dues. The message was, oh, if they're messing up, throw them out in the street and let the devil burn them till they come back. Yeah. But the pastor never was right. You don't come back. So... When I said that was another thing, I said, this Jesus dude's a little tough, damn, he's perfect, and this lady yeah, wanted yeah. me to be perfect, and that's far from perfection yeah. where I'm from. I mean, there's huge hypocrisy. Yeah, exactly. The, the yeah, whole yeah. deal of what they yeah. preach to yeah. our parents yeah. to make it seem that as a child, we shouldn't make mistakes. We yeah. shouldn't explore and fall. And sexuality, and, you know, and meanwhile, and our priests are yes, doing, and you know. Doing that. So in that missing, that confusing as a young man, I started looking for guidance because in third grade, my teacher was a very mean, you know, mean bastard and he didn't know how to connect why I wasn't learning. So every Friday I used to cheat on the spelling test. I right. can't spell to right. this day. Really? Was he beating you and shit? No, he no. wasn't beating. What he would do Fridays, he knew I played hooky, but when I came, I had a girlfriend, little Mildred in third grade, and she knew I couldn't spell and she knew I was She'd hit, but she used to help me. We cheated. He used to catch me all the time because the bastard knew I had to cheat to pass. Yeah. And he used to call me Spick, and you never did put the big zero on the board. And then one day I remember, I was sitting in my chair, made me cry, and I picked up my head and I said, I am not gonna do this no more. I'm gonna be a drug dealer. Because every day I woke up, my guys were in the corner. They were making money. When my mother couldn't give me, I'd go to the corner, they give me 50 cents, they give yeah. me a dollar. They watched out for the blind. It was a very different, like, oh, drug dealers are evil. There was a time in East New York, if we didn't have drug dealers, we didn't have money. There will be no income in there. Do I paint a, can I paint a picture in my head a bit like The Wire? Yes. You get it? Yeah. That's what... And you were one of the little runner guys, were you? Yeah. Okay. I started first was, I looked out and they say, don't worry, you're not touching, just look out. Keep sketch for the cops. Yeah. Yeah. That means he's coming, the cops right. see me, he know I'm calling, but he can't mess with me. Yeah, yet. yeah. Earn me a lot of What stuff. age are you now? I'm there already like nine, ten years old. That young? Wow. Yes, sir. Okay, okay. I didn't wait long. So after that choice of telling my teacher no more and not going, I started playing hooky. My mother, my mother had four daughters to worry about. Yeah. She's, she's learning English. She yeah. was nine, 18 when she got married. 
So you say she got married teen and already when I was gone, there was already chill trees, one after another yeah, for yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to hate my mother because I thought she was supposed to be my mother and she knew everything. Little did I know she was a kid growing up too with four girls, but I didn't know it then. Yeah. She's so, still an adult to you then. Yeah, she's you know, still a girl. you have four. You know what you're doing. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I think she's an adult, but she. And was, was your old man around? Like, was he all the time? Yeah. My mother and father now almost married sixty-seven years, and all my sisters went to school. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, you know, this theory of gang banger is because they got a crackhead mother or a crackhead yeah, yeah, father yeah. Yeah. and all this. The American ideology of capitalism made me a gangbanger. It forced me to seek the riches it would that it told me like you know when we grow up we see TV advertising we, yeah the advertising they go hey if you're bad you don't get no toys but in my fucking neighborhood we didn't get toys because we were poor yeah. but we assumed we were bad yeah because that's what you said Santa yeah. Claus makes a list yeah. you better be naughty or nice while Jesus is saying yeah Jesus is the same so I got tired of that aspect and I mm. said alright I know how to get it so I started learning the drunk game I was selling marijuana. And you were keeping all this from your own man or was he knowledge? Yeah, no, they were, they knew something was happening, but they didn't know what was happening because my parents were naive. To them, the streets were the, still the same streets they that they grew, grew up, up on. Just stay out of trouble. Don't get your nose dirty. Yeah, you're like, yeah of course The I'm neighbors out the window screaming. Yeah. But they didn't know that our president already made a, a deal with Oliver North to bring in cocaine yeah. for guns. Contras, yeah. And all of a sudden, my neighborhood had this beautiful thing called cocaine. And we had the dope from the Vietnam War that already came with them. Yeah. Not that they brought it, but they came with the sickness from the war, yeah. the dope habit. And my neighborhood was full with dope and coke. And, so uh, we're talking early 70s. 70s and now 80s, we going, right? I'm getting to the 80s and I'm married one. When was the first time you picked up a gun? What age were you? Can you remember? When I picked up a gun, I was probably 12, 13. Jeepers, right. And while this transition goes, I'm just showing you, yeah, this yeah, process yeah. of four or five years, you see little Tone from third grade start growing up and now he's not, my nickname was Pachi, an endearing what? name. Pachi is Kiss. Yeah, yeah. yeah Pachi, you know, and, I, yeah. And, and when I went to the street and they called me Pachi, I said, oh, this name ain't gonna do good in this ghetto. <laughs> that shit is too sweet. <laughs> Damn, who's a Pachi? You're a fighter. What's a Pachi? I got so. Where'd you learn to fight? Just from, on the streets? Yeah. When I went out, I have four sisters. And when they said something stupid, they called her a bitch. I fought. Yeah. A lot of them I lost. But you learned. I learned to yeah. fight. Winning wasn't the objective. The objective in my hood was that you fought. You win or lose, nobody cared. No. You they want to see you fight. You weren't a pussy. Yeah, you weren't yeah, a pussy. Yeah, yeah. They'll kiss your black eye. Yeah, Even yeah, the yeah. dude who beat jazz yeah, yeah. loved okay. you after it. Okay. You know, a lot of times, but it was that they wanted to make sure you knew how to fight. Because you had to fight to live there. So were you making pretty good money by the time you were 16? Sort of yeah, like? 16. So the marijuana got a little, remember all the, yeah. all the Jamaicans came in and they wanted the herb game. And it became a bloody war that in one day in the Daily News, the center page, it was called Dog Day After Moon. Three Jamaicans were dead, a couple Puerto Ricans, and cops got shot. And because of that action, they were looking for me now. That form of money gang. I was already in ninth grade, you know, I was going through the process. I don't mean ninth grade and like I went to school. I'm talking when that time they passed you just to pass you. Right. To move you forward. Just to get you out of the system. Yeah, so my mother was like, oh, he went to six. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's in seventh. What know? about the first time you took drugs? Was that What was that like? I was like nine in uh, Dalsha Street. And we had what we call the dungeon, the basement. And of course, it was the older guys. The older guys thought it was funny 
it was watch you get high. Yeah. Getting us high, spinning us. Remember the strobe lights? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then we throw up and everything. And I remember one night, the first time I really got drunk. I, I was like, after I left school nine years old, I walked home, which was right on the block from the dungeon, and I just had to fall in my stair. I couldn't make it upstairs. And my father gets home from work like three in the morning. And I'm on the stairs, and he comes in, and I hear the dope, and he looks me on the stair. And, and it was the funniest thing, because you thought I was, he's mad, I can't walk. He cracked a smile like, look at my fucking boy. He thought you were drunk, I presume. Yeah, 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 drunk. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a man now. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah. In the street. Same here in Ireland. That all happens. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, your yeah. manhood. Yeah, and, yeah. and then it gave me a false impression of what would make him happy and proud of me. I see. Not that he meant it. He didn't know I was already getting high to make other people laugh. I was getting high to coexist with this non-identity that I had. So I went into the heroin game. Right. I created a brand called COD, which meant cash on delivery. Yeah. So I had an elder on top of me, but he had the drugs, he had the thing, but I always had this creativeness. So that was the first time I really became a businessman, a marketeer and everything, because I already had the runner down. It's very interesting that you had that in you. You didn't I learn had, that in school. No. Yeah. It was, I seen, I watched yeah, my community. Yeah, yeah. I was observing. You did what you saw on the television. Yeah. With drugs. With drugs. You made a brand. brand. Yeah, yeah. So COD said, fuck if what I want when I sell this dope, cash on delivery. Yeah, perfect. And then once you have the brand, did you also understand that you go, whenever I sell whatever, it has to be fucking good shit? No, that was it, because the guy brought me something called Chocolate Farm, so it was a brown dope. Right. For the shooters. And then I found out what was the white dope. Okay. So the snorters. But the most thing I knew was this from, and this is a true story, playing hooky. I used to watch all my friends' dads and moms that were on heroin. For strange, strange reason, I got kicked out the house at 6.30 in the morning because it was girls' day, it was the girls to clean. Yeah. And the boy don't clean the house. The yeah. boy gets the fuck out. I sit in the corner and watch, and all the glass shining. Around. And then I used to see, and there was this one, one of my friend's father, when he used his name, he was a heroin addict, and he was in Vietnam. That's how I learned the story. He used to sit to me and preach to me about the addiction he had. Right. And how evil it was, and yeah. where he got it. But what I found out that every heroin addict wakes up sick. He told me about the sickness. Yeah. And he used to tell me at night when he hustled, why he was hustling so he could get the night back. Mm. So when I opened COD, the guy gave me five bundles. It's $500 at that time. Mm -hmm. 60, 40, right? Yeah. I'm a young kid. He said, let's see what you do. I gave him all away. He didn't understand. So when he came back, he was like, give me the five. And I give you know how drug dealers, I give you more, 10. Yeah. Yeah. I said, I need 25, but I don't got the five. And you're a, you're, you're a whipper, you're a young yeah. fella. So he's like, he's in the car, he's getting mad. So then I'm hoping, I'm not explaining, because I'll say tomorrow. I'm waiting for a reaction of son I put to plan with COD, but I didn't know if it was going to work. So what I did, I gave the five bundles away for free yeah. to all the heroin addicts. And this was the promise I made for COD. You bring me one guy, every bag you give me, you sell for me, I give you a dollar. You sell 10, I give you a bag. You do that for me from eight to the night, You'll always have your morning bag. You don't come with me with a customer. Yeah. You come with me with your runny nose. Yeah. I'm going to secure you. And then at night, I'm going to put you to sleep right. That, in a week after I gave the five, you know, we're struggling. But when he came to get his money, he was waiting, right? And I'm waiting for my brother. There's got to be a line out there. Because it was the first. I said, there's got to be a line so far. Because I told everybody, they, it's out there. They know it's good though. I kid you not. My, I call them my brother-in-laws because later I got with one of the girls that were the okay. sisters. You know how it is. Yeah, of course. Man. He runs to the window, he knocks, and he mm -hmm. goes, yo, they're out there. 
we need now. And Andy's like, he got him strings. Like, what do you mean? And when he goes around the block, I swear to God, you thought Star Wars movie came out. There was a line of dope fiends with white people next to them. Wow. Wanting two or three bundles. That's wow. 10 at a time. So now you have word of mouth. Yeah. Not only word of mouth, I took the despise of the, 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 the pearls mm, mm, mm. and I gave them value. I told them, I can't make money without you. And I'll take care of you for take care of me. That was my drug empire. That was your first gang, yeah. And what happened was real quickly was not understanding that the adult was using me. I was making, and I kid you not, every two to three weeks we would make, see, $300,000. What? I was 16. I had my own apartment. Where did you put mother. the money? in safes that he used to take. Wow. I didn't care because you know what? We could get 12 cabs and put 20 of our friends in cabs because we couldn't drive yeah. and go to the Deuce, yeah. 42nd Street, and look high, gazelles, yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and what the fuck? I care how much the boss was making. Yeah, yeah. Me and my crew, we eating. And that's when I first found the Bandito, the Bond. You talked about in one of the, the, the organizational structure of gangs and how helpful that is if you have an addiction if you're in trouble with the cops exactly. if you're in trouble with, you've got a band of brothers who you can turn to you could turn to so that was first it was the drug so what happened there is those things that I learned at home everything that I see now I'm getting older I came to hate not myself I hated the community I hated my parents I mean I was so disgusted when I found out that money make a Christian yeah. turn a blind eye to everything yeah. you get it yeah. I seen that my mother used to fight with me for selling it but when times got hard for the rent she would come and knock on my spot door and say mm. you could tell so I used to give her the money in emergency and I you're said, a good boy you're a good boy you're for this moment yeah, yeah. but then when her friends looked she would scream at me of the drug deal yeah. I was yeah. so I'm just showing you that whole thing inside your own head were you Realizing that the life you were picking and going down was going to end badly. So I did what every coward does when he wants out but doesn't know how. I self-mutilate myself with crack. So I found peace in cocaine. Then the crack came, the 80s now, like 81, 82. Mm -hmm. And I get addicted on crack. Heavy shit, but you know what? I loved every fucking minute of it. <laughs> You don't know how beautiful it is when you stand in a corner and nobody sees you. All they see, look at that bum, look at Tony, he used to be a drug, look, he's fucked up, that's the son, he's a crackhead. Stinking, I mean, I was out there for almost four years. But I just didn't want to be part of the system no more. I didn't want to be a drug dealer, yeah. I didn't want to be a son. At this stage, you had loads of money. Loads of money. And I didn't... You get what I mean? I seen yeah, yeah. that money didn't yeah. give me. It's, very, you know, it's, it's interesting that there's a bum on the street. We have a huge homeless problem here right now. You yeah. probably read about it. And everyone goes, I oh, don't give them money because they're just looking for drugs or for boot. You know what? I go, so fucking what? What if, if the guy wants to drink himself to that? i buy him a beer. Buy him a You know? Well, you fucking... So, well, you know, I was a young boy crack guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember that I, I became a problem in the street, what I'm saying, to support my... I became Robin Hood. Yeah. So I was the dude who used to like to go stick up my own spots that I created yeah. that were making money now. And now the guys I brought up and show how to make the money yeah. used to call me a crackhead. Yeah. So at night I used to come with the red rag around my face and rob them, of course. And put the money into the community. No, no? rob get high with the community that was right. too poor to go okay. and didn't have the balls to rob. You get right. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I said, 
wait, an abandoned building. I have like, and they knew who you were. Yeah, they no. That was the funny part. So finally, after all the robberies, my boss was like, "I love Tone. He made yeah. me money, but I got to stop him." So now, in all this time, I presume there's death, violence, gunshots, gangs fighting each my other. My mom's. Oh, oh, so you could picture. I went from having dreads. Yeah. To cutting them off after the dreads left, and I went to war to becoming a good dress. And remember, my my spot that I sold drugs were four buildings away from my mother's house. So I ran away from home four doors down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my mother and my father used to sit and say, who is that dude? They see me come with two guns on the avenue, blowing against the other drug dealers. Mm. And they like, is this my fucking son? They didn't know it was you. No, it's, it's over. You get it? They like, they didn't even talk to me. Like right. I would pass them. It was a stranger's relation. My sister stopped talking to me. You know, I became. Yeah. But the point part was, I knew it was my conscience. Yeah, that's what I was trying to touch on earlier. Yeah. That my mother and father, since birth, even though I know Jesus and everything, they taught me respect, honesty. They taught yeah. me love. They taught me like, hey, you don't need all that. You get it? Yeah, yeah. That was in me, but I didn't understand it. So the confusion drove me to to madness. I mean, it's still in you. No, like, it doesn't go away. No, it didn't. Yeah. It was still there, and yeah. I just didn't know it yeah. was driving me crazy because I knew I wanted to save somebody. But I couldn't save myself. So in that sorriness, I had seven open cases throughout, you know, for all the stuff. And I remember the judge, I went one day and I was just smoked out, dirty, stinking. And the judge says, Tom, I can't do this no more. I know you're an addict. In that time, remember, programs are full, Rockers yeah. Island's full. She goes, I don't want to lock you up because you're not a real bad guy. You're just an addict. I just looked up like now because I couldn't even, I couldn't pick up my body. I was probably 80 pounds wet. I could no longer stand straight because I was sucked up, you know, my whole, you know mm -hmm. what? And I said, please give me a break. If you let me out, I'm going to rob somebody in front of the court. I needed to be saved. You were trying to incarcerate yourself. Yeah, I wanted to be saved. Yeah. I, I knew I couldn't save myself at that point. And she locked me up. And I went to Rockers Island and now it's 86. 80, 80, 84, 85, 86, right? I'm in there just going in now as a drug dealer. Yeah. Then they sentenced me. When I went to Rockers Island, 88, there's this thing on there. It was different this time, Rockers Island. Because every time I went in, they had black power groups. Yeah. Like they had gangs, Muslims, God yeah. bodies. They had a white gangs. Nation of Islam. Nation of the whole lot. Yeah. That still was stronger. Mm. The Latino didn't have one. Yeah. And this dude named Luis Felipe, See, I just knew the name. Started this thing called the Latin Kings in New York City in Collins Correctional Facility. It started in 86. In 88, it already did what gangs do within the prison. It fought the Muslims. It showed its power. And we started getting safe spaces for Latino Latin Kings. And that Latino person is any Latino? Any Latino. Right. Central America, South America. Whatever. And Kings, so you'll know what made us so uh, scary to the system is non it's got more rules about what's your sex life than where you're from and what color you are so a Latin king could be any nationality so any color any religion it, what, it doesn't want any homo it's homophobic or it's, it's homophobic right okay because the power base was done in jail yeah 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 because in jail if you're messing with homos what are you yeah. not a, a strong yeah. crew you get it we wanted to be able fight, to fight all the things fight, that were on yeah. you know that's the thing that's looked down upon yeah. and I mean in prison yet the gay movement, the gay rights, and mm. all those ferries with fist in New York yeah. who didn't exist yet. Yeah. Everybody was still and scared. You, we all know as men, like today, you know that in that place there was 10% were gay and they were probably covering it up what? or whatever. Yeah. Listen, I used to be in Rockers Island. I don't want to say because people get me. But I used to see power group guys yeah. be 
and then sneak in the cells yeah, at night yeah, nice. and get relieved. More and not that I judged them, but what I knew was, man, my people ain't ready yet yeah. to accept that truth. Get yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I happened was the kings attracted me in Rockers Island. The most thing that attracted me was that they were family. Yeah. And you came in, they gave you a bag. So when I went in and I seen this brotherhood amongst them, I seen them gaining ground, making yeah. safe spaces for us. Mm-hmm. Our sneakers weren't getting taken no more. Yeah. They were giving us the pride to fight back in jail. So in 1986, Luis Felipe, King Blood, created the Land Kings and the message got to me. In 1989, I hit the knee. That means I, I gave an oath to become a Latin king. And I didn't know how to read. I didn't know how to write. And to be a Latin king, you have to... It says there's no room in our nation for a stupid king, for a dumb king. Mm. So this manifesto's constitution, the yeah. prayer for the dead, you know, all kind of literature you have to learn. Yeah. And I told my guy... Who it's brought, a, still Catholicism right through yeah, it, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But the thing that's crazy about kingism that was really crazy to me, it talks about the Torah. It talks about Santeria. Okay. It's a mixture yeah. of every religion, so you get the freedom to choose, right? Okay. So I was really like, wow, and, and they were talking about heroes and, and Lolita Labron and Oscar and the FLN and people that fought, the young yeah. ones, get it? They wrote something that school never told me that started telling me my identity. Not the gang identity. What made them small was as a group, they decided to share what we call the culture class. What does that mean? Culture class mean when they started telling me where I came from, why right. I came from, who was my heroes in Puerto, Puerto Rico, Rico. Okay, and yeah. how the Iraq Indians, yeah. how we were conquered. So right when I hit the knee, I become a king, I get knowledge. I kid you not, since 1986, I never felt or had the urge to do cocaine or crack again. Crack is hard to kick. Yeah, you, you, well, you, you. I've been in programs that did it all. You, you got off in prison. Where a lot of people get on it. With ten page, ten pages of literature. Yeah. Cured me. Oh, so the the actual. No, I, manifesto of of the. Of the Land Kings converted wow. my life. Okay. Listen, if there's anything that I've ever had a personal experience one on one, that event like Paul in the Bible. Yeah. Was when I read the Land King literature. So you come out a changed man. So I read it. I felt it, yeah. drugs is out of my system, yeah. but in Rockers Island I still watched, and I seen the power and the numbers that we were growing, but we still had that violence cowboy mentality mm. that America taught us, that power in groups yeah. and violence. Yeah. And drugs and drugs, all that stuff, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where's the money gonna come from? You're all gonna, gonna get come. jobs in the bank. Yeah. And remember the kings weren't in the street yet, nah. Okay, all so, was inside. All inside. Mm. So this was the big thing that happened. So all of a sudden in 89, 90, 91, 92, guess who's coming to the streets? Mm. A bunch of guys that are organized, well-trained militarily, Beliefs. because we lived in the jail, but we have no clue how to transform this jail organization to what it was in Chicago, street organization. So now you're gonna have the people who are out there going, what the fuck do you think you're doing? Yeah. And then you're gonna have the dudes that are the people that they telling what the fuck you think you're doing, saying, we doing what we taught you. In Rockers Island, you get out of place, you get punished. Yeah. Somebody fucks with us, they kill one of us, we hurt five of them. You get it? So they were still living but under now the- we're having a civil war. Cause jail mentality against yeah. in a free world. And I come out in 91. And I knew Luis Felipe through letters. And yeah. of course, I was there like four years. Mm. And I, I've, I put enough work and knowledge into the Kings that he knew my name. And when he knows your name, you know, the man your favorite. Yeah. 
He knew me enough to know that I fixed jails for him. Again, right. I knew how to go in. So one of my first thing in jail was... You used to visit him in jail, presumably? No. I never, I've never touched, really? okay. felt, or seen Luis Felipe, my leader, really? who's tattooed on my arm, okay. until he went to court in 1996 to face 145 years in jail. And I seen him from the other, on the bench, and he was on the sitting down as... So just to show, so now I got the understanding, I got a little power from him, he sends me to the street, and it's funny because I land in the street, I got big black and golds, I call bumblebees. Yeah, yeah. I wanted the world to know that Tom was no longer a crackhead. Yeah. But then when I got home, I realized that my mother went, so now you're not a crackhead, now you're a gangbanger. Get it? So I thought I found salvation and she clearly cleared it up. And the same day I got released, this is a true story. She said, and if you got that shit on your neck, you got to leave my house. The tats, you mean? The, I oh, didn't no, have the, tats oh, the, gold, the, the gold, The gold, yeah, yeah. She sent me out, and I swear to God, I walked three blocks moping. I didn't know where I was going to live. And there by a corner phone was three Latin kings. And I looked on Jerome and Pink. I never forgot. I walked over there, and they go, you king? Yeah, we do our son. What the right? What's up? I just came home. So they test me. Yo, what's your five? You know, you, you got to know your stuff. Yeah, you know, yeah. you just can't walk in the hood and not know and say. So they tested me. He said, okay, you know. You were a big noise, by the way, at this stage. They probably didn't know that, did they? Yeah. Nah, nah. And that's where I was quiet. And then yeah. they did their check. Like, they called blood, of course. You know, yeah. the yo, this new dude named Tone is out here. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know? It was so funny because he told him, yeah, put him next to Teardrop. And that was the dude running my gang at that time. Wow. So yeah. now I just got paration. I'm carrying two guns. I wake up at 8 o'clock in the morning. I take that dude to his job. He sells, you know, hats and stuff for a Chinese guy. Okay. That low. I was eight hours watching him work, making sure he was all right. Then when I was finished with him, I would go to the second highest ranking official in the Land Kings, and she was a lady and she would sleep, and I would sit out all night, make sure nobody goes to the house. That was my job. You don't have to answer this if you don't want. Did you ever do drugs again? No, I'm not gonna, I drunk beer. I tapped, but you were I completely off it from when you got out of prison. That yeah, time. I happened? was complete. You know, touch marijuana. people relapse and you stuff. You know, like you, yeah, you yeah, people yeah. touch, I touch a joint. Yeah. You know amazing. what I've learned? Amazing. One of the things I've, I've, as soon as I became a king, I learned there's some non-negotiables, goddammit. And before you tell somebody else a non-negotiable, mm-hmm. you better be able to show them the non-negotiable. Walk your talk. Yeah. Walk your so talk. I said, while I was doing all that, you hear me? I had to keep a job to keep my parole from arresting me. So a lot of people know this. King Tone always held a legal job. Yeah. Why he ran the Latin King Nation of New York what did you for work eight at? years. I worked for Brian Lynn as a, a mailroom manager. Right, okay. I worked for MTV, okay. also in the mailroom curb. Right. I worked for Studio 54 Amazing. as a busboy. But I always was in major spots. Life brought me to special places where I seen special things happen. So Studio 54 opened my mind to, yeah. to that world. Get it? The dancing, the yeah. cocaine, party, yeah. cocaine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get it? Mm. I just had a world of knowledge. And, and I seen it. And again, I didn't want that. You get it? So yeah. when I, I finally come out of jail, I got a, a, a sense of me, and I got a sense of the kings. But I know something's wrong. Right. Why? Because my brothers are acting like they're still in jail. And that's when it hit me. So me and Blood behind the lines says, what's going on? I said, you know what, brother? This shit is not, not cool. You get yeah. it? We're doing crazy shit, and yeah. I don't know how you don't think they're watching us. Get it? I mean crazy shit. Right, okay. If you see the first indictment, 
Right. You know, guys' heads chopped off, heads okay. burned. You know, I'm just okay. saying it. Yeah. Real gruesome. It's it, intergang or is it inter intergang. intergang. We got no enemies. Everybody's scared of us. Right. The only one they, that ain't scared of us is us. So Lewis So it's thought, internal fighting. Yeah, because we're new. We're the new cowboys yeah, on the block. Yeah. A lot of money now, what and power. Did the, what did the Panthers think of you? Well, the, everybody disliked the Kings, even though everybody else accepted uh, interracial Kings and everything. New York did. We wanted only Latins because we were at war with the black gangs. So we thought that would infiltrate us. Everybody's seen that as a racial, but it was a defense mechanism because the guys we were warned. It is very disappointing in hindsight, though, that the Kings and the Panthers weren't able to go, hey, we're kind of in this fucking shit together. But check it out. Okay. So then I come home, I see the discord, and I see the chain of command, and we had an evil leader. You know, like you you go through King, when you go back King? Yeah, yeah. And the public hated him. Right. And he tortured them. And my friends and some of my Kings started disappearing, and we didn't know why. And you know when the leader tell them where we just send them to. Yeah, we look after them. Because everybody swears that every gang member knows everything that happens in the gang, which is a lie. Ninety percent of the time, you don't find out about something really serious. Because ninety percent of the time in the gang, it happens spontaneous. It's very rare that they plan it. Yeah. That's a revenge thing, but usually it pops off. Yeah. So I'm seeing all this madness, and I and I'm hearing from those that are scared. Yo, it's it's them killing us. You know that them being the our yeah. bosses. So once I wrote blood and I said, y'all don't know what's going on, but I'll tell you this, what's sweet to your mouth is going to be sour to your stomach. You got a bunch of crazy niggas running this. Let me get next to her, with the, with the lady that was in charge, and let me start using my, what I did in jail, how I formed, you know, group. He said, go ahead. And I said, don't tell nobody I work for you. Mm. Yeah, I didn't want them to know. So I was an underground consultant. And slowly... I started going to different boroughs in New York, listening to the guy that was quiet, that was scared, and I started working within them without the leaders knowing, and I started raising circles of leaders within, and just, I'm with blood, mm -hmm. just tell me what's going on, so I know what's going on in your circle, get it? Yeah. And as I gathered information, I started building a system for him. So I seen that we were loud and proud, but didn't have nothing going for ourselves. I seen that we had leaders that were all into criminal behavior, but our guys that were into good, you know, jobs and Community stuff. Community stuff, yeah. We, we downgraded them. And lastly was, we were broke. We were fucking broke. Yeah. So I talked to the Lord, so I set the first thing in stage. And I'm gonna show you, so when I start my process to fight these bad leaders, I got a, a mob of good guys now. You know, yeah. when good fights bad. But you know. tooled up. Yeah, you know, we, we know what we gotta do. And I remember I wake up one day and my, my niece wakes me up and I, and I'm a king, right? I go, what's up, Cindy? She goes, read the paper. So this is like, come on, 91, now 9 by 4, the grand indictment hits. They pick up 32 of Latin kings, king blood. Yeah. They get him for sending to kill seven members. Yeah. They got all 2,000 letters he's been writing to everybody. Right. So they pick up. How I, tell, I tell this story because everybody gives this credit to King Tone. Like, he took over the nation, he fought for it. Yo, sometimes the planets align and everything's perfect for a star to be born. Now it's up to that star to take the opportunity to shine. So all your enemies were lifted? They fucking picked them up, except wow. a couple. So now me and my crew of good... It's now reversed, they, amazing. And not that we wanted them to go, no, I know. but yeah. it, it saved the civil war yeah. of us having to get the dude. So everybody they picked up wasn't battle involved, but they were part of that, so they got in it. Yeah. So I said, me and my crew sat down and we said, 
So the nation that what by '94 was at 3,000 members, right? Small, mm. jailing out, a little small structure of organization turned to about 200 of us after right. that guy's leadership. Yeah. Now we got blood in jail. We got their whole leadership, and there's a void, and the call comes from MCC. You know, the word they say, yo, King Blood wants to talk to you. I got on the phone. He goes, yo. You know, in Spanish, in Cuba, they say, ponte palo tuyo. That means... Ponte palo tuyo. Ponte palo tuyo. Go do what you got to do. Right. I said, Tell me what happened when those guys got put into prison with blood. So the 32 of them got indicted, federally indicted on a RICO charge, murder, conspiracy, and drug yeah. selling, three major felons. There were almost seven murders. Four of them were proved king on king crime. Satire. Yeah, yeah. You're reading that you were killing yeah, each other again. We had While you do it, you don't notice it, but when you read who yeah. you become. Well, any countryman killing. So, right there, I seen the indictment. I, blood is now counseling me. My guy, Gano, who's next to Blood, who went on the. You know, who raised me, the guy I first saw, mm. he got picked up too. But he was a good guy. He was supporting me on the change. So, when Blood talked to me, I said, I'll do this. But you gotta let me do it my way. Right. Call me. You could scream at me, curse at me, call me a bitch-ass nigga. Yeah. Send niggas to kill me. But don't bother the people. Okay. They're hurt. They're destroyed right now. They're scared of you. And I'm going to bring you back, your people. I'm going to make sure that when you go to that fucking trial, you ain't going to feel There's going to be no, supporters there. Yeah. Yo, I know you don't got a mother. I know <clears throat> in Cuba you didn't have a father. I know you went to jail at 12. Mm. I know how you told me they beat you. Just let me run it. I'll never, ever take your place. That's yours. You're my founder. He said, I trust you, Togo. And that's when I started. So the first thing I did was took the lessons, mm -hmm. got scholars. We read them more than just look at them like we usually. We read our literature. And we started pulling out things like Week of the Sun, which is in March 1st. The first week we fast from morning to night. And it's a day that you use, like Muslim, you only study, yeah. then, then you break it with your brothers. Mm -hmm. Then there was this thing called universals. And I said, what the fuck is universal? Mm -hmm. When we're reading, it's where we were, we were supposed to meet once a month, all of us to talk monthly issues. And they had the prayers, so I said, this is it. Let's do what this shit says. <laughs> Let's create holidays. Make it a religion, yeah. So now we know every March of every year. Yeah, I've been at it. You know, there's yeah. a blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So, so we start planning how we're going to do this universal. So then what I teach, I wasn't scared to let outside influences in. Because I figured it this way. If you come in and you steal one of my members by preaching the nation of Islam, yeah. he wasn't a king from the get. Get it? Yeah. Take who you can take. But you're building a foundation with me that we become knowledgeable. So a father named Luis Barrios, Dave Brotherton, who's a, a Londonite, he approached me. He was like, he was a white mm. boy. Yeah. So in the midst of me figuring this out, you know, I'm making changes. People are hearing like, there's this little dude yeah. fucking in the street doing some crazy shit, man. Yeah, I yeah. just, you should go check him, you know. Yeah, yeah. But the point that I hated, everybody that came to check me came with an agenda. Like Sharpton, oh, change your name and your stuff. And then all the Black Panthers, hey, if you join. Everybody wanted me to join them. Yeah. And I had this fucking pride about the Latin Kings that I made sure I said, wherever we go, we'll change everything. But, but we're I staying did. as kings. That's our past, our baggage. 
fucking America killed every Native American Indian. They fucking slaved blacks. Yeah. They never changed their name. No, no. They never said sorry. Yeah. They never said forgive us. They just said let's carry on. That's our past. But there was an inherent now suddenly understanding between the different races in America that we're getting fucked here. That, that we knew it. You all agreed with that. So finally. now, right. now remember, our heroes were killed, the Martin Luther Kings, the yeah. Black Panther now, the new Black Panther collective. Yeah. It's a little different time. And all them people that were down with that movement, they did a disservice to the community. And I talked to all those that marched with Martin Luther King and all of them after they killed our great leaders, they went and hid. They went and used yeah. personal problems to say they didn't talk to him. Jesse Jackson didn't talk to Al Sharpton. Nation of yeah. Islam wouldn't talk to this. And it, it was so fractured. Yeah. You know what I did? And it was publicly fractured as well. Because yeah, they, yeah, they, 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 they left the left between one guy on and say, what do you, man said this. You, yeah, this, so yeah. The, the, the news would put us at each other. Yeah. Ted Talk, I did that shit 20 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Ted yeah. Talk, they knew to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So once I got to church, yeah. I told them, so now every 30 days, we're gonna throw a party. And in this party, we feed them. We have speakers, rap shows, yeah. uh, King of the Month, Tribe of the Month. You yeah. know, we create all kind of So it's becoming a community thing. But the money that you're getting for these parties is coming from? All kind of different ways. Okay. We got nothing. Yeah. But I'm, I knew. I'm, I'm obliquely suggesting that there was still narcotics and all that no, sort of stuff. No, there's still narcotics, but we're not rich. We're selling drugs to eat. Yeah. Okay. Get it? You, what? Yeah, not yeah, like yeah. when I had the 600,000. Yeah, yeah. Now I've seen hustlers that were immediately had to use the money. So when we, when we took the church, that's why I say you first build a community. When I started doing the meetings, mm. I started introducing them to outside influences. You get the church on side. You made Lewis Bodies, look, I got, do you know how I connected it? I got the church on 126 in Amsterdam that used, it's yeah, across I the know, street I in know. Black Harlem, yeah, yeah. that used to hide the guns for the Black Panthers. Right. So Reverend George, you see, safe spaces have to have a historical value. So it was the church, not because I was holy, I just want to teach these little crazy motherfuckers there was something bigger than you. Well, around this time, there is a priest uh, I read uh, who call, who was calling you possibly a prophet. Louis Barrios. Louis Barrios. That's yeah. his church. Yeah. He was a rev. So when he seen my first meeting, my first time that yeah. King Tony introduced the uni, I think maybe 4,000 people came. Really? And check it out. It wasn't only kings. The kings brought their wives, their mother, yeah. which we would call outsiders. So in the church, I said, Everyone's everybody's welcome. welcome. Yeah. Don't search nobody no more. There was a unique part of the church too. What was beautiful about it? The fucking precinct was across the street. I'm go That's exactly where I was going to go next because we have to start bringing in the other part of this. And one of the quotes you had, which was, you know, so somebody called you a gangster with a PR campaign, which I quite like. That it's kind of funny. But you said in retaliation, not in retaliation, that we never think about the crimes the cops are fucking making. Okay, the last few years. It's all over the place because we've all got a camera that we can feel, start filming you immediately. See it now. We see it now, but it was always that way. No, it was that way. So in my power, and Giuliani's on it on the case right now with his broken windows and his anti-graffiti and fair. So dodges. I was right there, and you're there, there. So now I'm there, right? Yeah. I just had the first uni. Yeah. I got a professor now that's standing with me. I got to preach. I let the outside influence in. They had congregations. They had friends who I said invite them in. So then all of a sudden, the Nation of Islam wanted to come talk. I talked in the Day of Atonement with Farrakhan with 12 mothers whose sons were killed by cops. And I got them on the stage with Mr. Farrakhan great, great. in front of the United Nations. I marched with Lolita Labron, which is LFLN, who shot up the Senate House for the freedom of Yekes in Puerto Rico being a, yeah. a territory for the United States. 
When she came home after doing 25 years, she said, tell King Tone I want him to be my security. You know what an honor it was? Yeah. She was a hero to me. She fought the Marines on the beach with Abiso Campo. See, these are names I didn't even need to know. But you had done your study on your history. Because I was in jail and yeah. I didn't want to waste. I've, I read some old articles from the just before we met. Yeah. I didn't have a lot of time, but the cops were clearly puzzled by all this. They, yeah. did, they didn't seem, they go, what the fuck is he doing? What is he doing? Yeah. Why is he doing Why is he not killing, yeah. So right when I got the universals, it takes track. We're mm -hmm. getting 4,000, 5,000, 7,000. Yeah. Rhode Island, Florida, Connecticut, mm. Texas, Colleen. People were coming to the, to the universe from other states. So the first message was for me was, right, I was lost. We had the community now. We knew how to self-invest. I taught them how to do the Grito Reyes. It's a paper. Right. We came out with a, a, a weekly paper. paper. Yeah. And every king that cut hair, had a business, advertised in it. Yeah. So every month we showed the people where to go to put their money back with each other. Yeah. There was mandatory t-shirts yeah. that I made. Merch. So I made Merch. 500 t-shirts and I made one for Brooklyn, one for Manhattan. Then I made 200 and I used to tell Lita, you bought this already because they can't come here without that. Right. That's the bulletin board. Yeah, yeah. And it brings money in. in so there. now yeah. the cops are in. Yeah. And Giuliani's mad because something happened. And this is how it, Miss Byers is a lady from the Bronx, is a famous case, you can look it up. This cop named Lavodi, the kids were playing football, two, three brothers, his yeah. name is Anthony Bias. Yeah. The football hits the car, it's a famous case, it's one of the first biggest ones. Yeah. Lavodi's with the sergeant, so he tries to improve. It's right in front of the mother, father in the porch. He argues because the football hit the car, he got so enraged that he started holding the kid, which turned to a scuffle, and the famous chokehold happened, and Anthony Bias dies. Yeah. He kills him in front of the mother and father. So make it long after the universe and I got the traction, the pastors, the government, none, nobody would help these 33 mothers that while Giuliani was mayor, their sons were killed suspiciously by cops. Mm. Nobody would stand with them. So when they went to rally, it was 12, 33 mothers, you know, to speak, cops would laugh. So one day she called for me. They said, go to the Bronx, there's this lady you want to see. Right. And look at the amazing, her son was named Tony, like mine. Yeah, yeah. So I real quick, I went to see Miss Byers and she was like, yo, so I need you. And I said, what's up? She said, nobody's helping me. Can you help me with the keys? And I was like, yeah. She said, I want to meet your other mothers, but we got one problem. I said, what's up? Because I was, now we needed a cause. You get it? Yeah. I didn't have a cause yet. Yeah. I had the remedy of healing, yeah. but I said, we need a cause. And when that mother told me to support her, it gave me an identity. Yeah. Police brutality. Yeah. No justice, no peace. That was our yeah. model. So I told her, we with you. You know, I was on light because I was already seeing fame. You know what I'm going mm -hmm. And when she told me, but I don't want you to make this about the kings. Okay. This is about our sons. Okay. You know, and it hit me. God humbled me. He said, mm. see, you ready to show off, nigga. <laughs> so I told her yes. The first rally she threw, she told me, bring some people. I said, we be there. So I remember I get there. King's always late. You know, yeah. we street guys. Yeah. So I'm there about 6 o'clock. The cops got two little barriers. It's in front of the 48th precinct. I see them giggling. The mother's there again feeling hurt. And there's like 12 of us there. And she's disappointed, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'm a little scared because this is my first time organizing and rally. promoting yeah. a rally mm -hmm. that's nonviolent. So real quick, before I brought them there, I brought two, two Marines. And I brought the Black Panther Collective and Reverend Torty to teach us crowd control, crowd incitement. Yeah. How to look for CIs within the crowd that throw bricks to incite mm -hmm. the kings. Yeah. Get it? Yeah. So we learned to be disciplined. Then I put them out there. And when I came out there, there was only a few of us, and I was praying, and I kid you not. Then like 7.30, every fucking train that stopped Packed. in that station, 
and fucking car that park with kings. So about in an hour and a half, we had close to already like 1,900 people. Then we start marching down Fordham Road. So the Puerto Rican people in a Puerto Rican community yeah. see me call down from the Bronx Supreme Courthouse. I closed down because we were marching the 48, the, the precinct. It was thousands of thousands of wow. people. Bro. I can't explain it. Mm. Helicopters with the light, yeah. the cops the on news. the roof. You yeah. know, because yeah. they finally said, he's here. This dude is real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kings Where was blood and all this? Was he? He's in jail yeah, now. No, but, but is he give? He's yeah. He's blood. like, cause this is him. Yeah. Fuck! I'm going to trial, and I ain't got one thing to yeah. say that's good about me. Yeah, yeah. You're doing it now. Yeah, yeah. So I'm building him his defense. But he was. He agreed with what you were trying to do, right? Fucking 100%. all day. hundred percent. So I won him over. So at the end, with all these kids there, I remember the helicopters and my. The public is scared. Yeah. Cause Miss Byers talk. I never seen. The mothers and those fathers. I cried they so proud. powerful. They were proud, yeah, yeah. They fucking talked for the first time no, on the mic. It's actually, a, a lot of these things are about fucking just basic respect. They, me, they wanted to be heard. Yeah, yeah. And they finally seen the police instead of laughing with yeah. fear in their eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember, this is a true story. The father, Mr. Bias, comes to me says, it was he said, I'm tired of being laughed. He had a gun, this father, and he was going to do something to a cop. Because you know how regular people want to prove to a gangster they, they yeah, would do something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, Mr. Bias. I won't be doing that today, by the way. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I said, Mr. Bias, give me that. Don't worry. We're going to shoot them like they've never been shot before. Yeah, yeah. And he looked at me. So then we had everything to rally. The cops were scared. They, like I said, the guns in the roof and the people were looking again. So I called my call. Lion formation! And my kings automatically know. Really? They were taught. They made a circle. Within a circle, with a circle, thousands of kids doing a circle without people talking. And now you see the meeting and everyone. They fucking know how to do cadences. Look, they yeah, march and they're doing yeah. right. So we made a circle, long story. And again, because I used to love to show the public because I knew as a, like you said, I knew on TV and everything. Nothing seems so crazy when you see a thousand gangsters get on their right knee, throw up a crown, and say a prayer to God while guns are pointed at them. And that's when I stood up, I said, it's quite clear who's the aggressor here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's quite clear. Was Gandhi an important guy in your life? Did you find read about him? Gandhi. The writings, actual writings of Martin yeah. Luther King, Mandela, Malcolm, of course. Other, m many authors I got into. Yeah, yeah. But I, I mastered Gandhi's. Yeah, Gandhi touched me with a nonviolent move. It's very strong. Smart man. Yeah. He knew how it's to lead people. handle cops. Um, are we now coming to the time when you went back yeah. into the Nick? That's back to jail? Yeah. No, right? Irish. I want to show you why Giuliani came Okay, against sorry, yeah, yeah. So in that time, Giuliani... This is his new... Yeah, fucking Giuliani game. thinking... Yeah. This fucking kid it's is kind saying... Of bollocks, right? It, that's bullshit, really. The, the, the broken windows thing is not... No, that was what I was saying. Yeah. It's, it, was, it was fake. Two or three guys yeah. in the corner, they stop you, yeah. they beat you, they take you, they yeah. humiliate, throw you on the floor. You know, just humiliate yeah. you. Yeah. So I was against it. So what finally happened, like I told you, I got the Zulu Nation, the Bloods, I got the Nietas, I got all the gangs of New York to meet with me and I'll shop this place. Mm. And we made a treaty. Mm. And we formed the United Families Coalition. And that was the first brutality movement that we did as a group against Giuliani. And we came out on TV and told him, you're a liar, you're yeah. a piece of shit. I used to call him and uh, Bratton Pinky in the Brain. Have you ever seen the cartoon? Yeah. 
and it's Binky and the Brain. Yeah, yeah. Binky and the Brain, one's the genius, one's the saint. And I sang that in front of City Hall. And he found out that I was someone that he had to fear. Did you ever meet him? No, I, I, what I did to him, I got this close to him. He told me, spit, I'm crossing my T's and dotting my I's and you'll be in jail in six months. You know what I did on a Christmas meeting? He told you that? Yeah, right in front, because he was lighting the Christmas tree, City Hall was lying, giving free coffee. What he didn't know, I had 800. The mothers all dressed, no black and gold, no signs, and he was throwing his Christmas party, and they thought they were going to have fun, and I put my whole membership on the line where he was going to come and pull the switch for the tree. Yeah, yeah. And when he came to do it, all of a sudden, I, I was on a tree. I remember climbed up a high tree because nobody could see me. When I was there, they knew there was going to be a rally. Yeah. From the tree, I blew the whistle. And you seen the mothers, each son come up. And him and his wife had to pass each fucking murder victim. Great. Great. And it was war after that. Yeah. How dare you come to my house and yeah. embarrass me? Yeah. He said, they got me out the tree. <laughs> gang. So the gang force became friends with me to show you. The good yeah. cops, they were like, this is great, but you know, get me in trouble, man. <laughs> yeah. Fuck them out of here. All of y'all. You get it. So I had a unit, so we became a battle. Me and Giuliani became a battle. And it wasn't a bad a battle about he's a mayor or like you said. It was that this man was giving medals to people who shot innocent kids without yeah. guns. Yeah. And he was oppressing our people. And he was lying that crime went down without him. The reason crime went down is because the public got wise to that drug crack. Mm. and dope and we reverted back to weed yeah. which got the kids smell and fuck. there's also a theory that uh, the, the abortion law that came in because suddenly lots of potentially broken home kids didn't get born you know also made they, they came in hard yeah. so after that we battled and that's when Giuliani set a case to get me next after blood and within the years like I said I always told the public we didn't change we trying to change yeah but how could I change if I took away all their guns and you didn't give me one job? Mm. They asking for their guns back. <laughs> Get yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. And that's when me and Giuliani went to war and that war ended with him getting me an indictment, the biggest indictment in New York City history. I was the number one man wanted in New York City. Didn't have a car, couldn't, didn't have a license, was broke. And Were you I going was from still house to house and all stuff like that? Were you jumping? Yeah, of course. Because landlords would throw me out after <laughs> yeah. they seen everybody that comes. Mm. So I was... I look powerful on TV, but very much powerless in the sense of community value. Yeah, yeah, Get it? Yeah. So when he got me, he got they charged me with conspiracy to be a lookout to a drug sale. 130 co-defendants. None of them a murder case. Rated us 4.30 in the morning, all of us, me first. Not one kilo of cocaine, not one gun out of 130 gang leaders was found. Right. Now you can't fake that. We didn't know you were coming. Is that my leaders was changed, you get it? The whole yeah. leadership changed. They got me, they gave me, because of my three past felonies, I was looking at 40 15. to life. So then the my partner, they took her to turn a state's witness and they made a lie and gave her money. So then I got brothers and a priest to Your find girlfriend. the safe house. My wife, Your the, wife. Mo the mother of my child. Not now, I brought her back, stole her from the safe house, brought her in with all the receipts, and the lies they told her the day, the, not, the judge, I swear, hit the thing, he said, y'all better talk about it there, because this is going to get ugly. And they offered me 13 years. And you say, Tone, how could you take 13? Because I knew they were going to kill me. I yeah, knew yeah, they were going to yeah, sink yeah. me under the, like blood, yeah. 145 years, never to see a human being. So the DA didn't know when she offered it, I usually go to trials, because I went five state trials and two feds, and I beat them. 
but I never had co-defendants. Now I had 130. 30 of them turned informants immediately. Right. So I want to tell that to most power groups. That loyalty shit and all that ends when you get to the federal court. It is you who eats you. It is you yeah. who tells on you. So when I seen that whole man, they gave me 13 years for that conspiracy to be a lookout. We're in 99 now, yeah? Yeah, 99, 98. They gave me 13 years and they gave me three without human contact, 23-hour lockdown, where one, I was considered a low in prison because I had no points. I had no violence in my record, just drug sales. And I was in every so you're worst- you in solitary for three years. Three years, no human contact. And then they put me, the rest of my business, what penitentiary. Tell me what that was like. You're it's, in a tiny room and they throw the food under the door to you. Don't no, they got a, like a, a flat. Opens a middle door. Yeah. So I wrote in a book of that experience and I called the slot that they opened to feed yeah. you. I said, I find myself in my mother's womb, but it's not a flesh and bone of steel and rock. And in this room, I get fed through the very hole that I breathe and I see that I, I, I look for the freedom when I placed it. Yeah. I really took a look at my brand. Even though I was successful, I was in there as a political prisoner, I really didn't recognize that I had some real screwed up still understanding of what was an activist, of what was really right, right. 100%. But you're getting up every day, you walk, you're pacing the thing, just got you. So what I did, you have books and stuff that you. So you get one book every three days. So I've, I've been through a book card you, twice. You, yeah, you, you memorized read the same them. ones, many pages. But what I did was I had. Did you see any humanity? Did you see any acts of human kindness from your jailers ever? Yes. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to clear that. You know, so people know. It's like anywhere in the world. Dude see me on TV that was CEOs and that was done like, fucking good job to him. He's the extra pillow. He's a little blank. I know dude is punishing you. Yeah. And the one that come at night, open my son, throw out you fucking, you think you're a king? You ain't getting no phone calls, get it? But it taught me that aspect. Not all cops are bad. Not all Muslims are bad. You don't get, yeah, yeah. I've learned that it's life. You're gonna have mm. good and bad and mm. everything. Yeah. So my philosophy on that change, they're all pigs, they're all evil. Mm. So I learned to support the good one and go after the bad. You get it? Yeah. Like I want it done to my kings. Yeah. When you vote for the bad guy, leave mm. the good guys alone. You know yeah. they're not involved. Yeah. So I learned to be still and let God be God. Mm. So when you became a king and I became such a great leader, I Did thought Did you ever I get suicidal? Did you ever think of ending it? Yo, and I'm not gonna lie, I, I, I couldn't, cause the, the, when I was suicidal was when I was a crackhead. But I knew damn well why I was in that cell. 13 years is a long time. But you, listen, that was the proudest I've ever been yeah, in my yeah, fucking I life. It. I get it, I get it. I knew everything they were doing to me You're wasn't cause I saw about a yeah, crack. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't cause I killed nobody. It's cause I Control. put the fear of God in the mm. motherfuckers. You know, the system yeah, finally yeah. heard the youth in New York State say, we don't like this and we're not going to take it anymore. Yeah. I think America has caused and called many wars. The war on drugs, the war on gangs, the war on crime. Yeah. Did you ever hear him say the war on poverty? No. What president had the balls to say war on poverty? Get it? Mm -hmm. So I know the misdirection of the energy towards our youth. Mm. The adults have now made laws and circumstances where our youth that mm. are poor, if you're white, black, or if you're poor, 90% you're gonna touch something incredible. I'm also intrigued as well by the fact that revenge is obviously a huge code thing in violence and gangs and- Chicago. Exactly. exactly, and you seem to have 
even from when you were young, been able to temper that? Because it's a, it is actually a very unhealthy emotion to, to let eat, because it eats you as well. So I taught my kids that. I said, when you take something that precious, that isn't yours to take, you also inherited that soul you stole yeah. from that body. You think it's going to heaven or hell? It's going straight in your motherfucking mind and heart. For the rest of your life, yeah. And the motherfuckers were in the shoe with me 24 hours. Mm -hmm. And they used to tell me. You get it? All those people I hurt for whatever reason I thought I was so right when I was right. They were there with you still. They never leave you. Mm. And they never leave you alone. And you don't, I'm saying I killed them, but I was part of a team that seen these things. Yeah. And knew, and, and in my heart, I was guilty because I could have prevented some of it yeah. if I just had the courage mm -hmm. to speak up. Get it? You came out in 2007. I want to talk to you a little bit about Trump and all the bullshit that's going okay. on uh, now. But just to finish your story, you, you set up Grow Up, Grow Out. I want you to talk a little bit about so that. So after the three years, yeah. solitude confinement. So I, in that solitude, I found the courage to start writing. And I, I thought about Grow Up, Grow Out. And the reason I say Grow Up, Grow Out, because I believe that power groups, I don't call them gangs, are just like the Boy Scouts in college and everything. They're the immediate response and need to a person in help in their, in their poor poverty neighborhood. But what I'm trying to show them, it doesn't supposed to be forever. It ain't Peter Pan world, goddammit. Yep. The gang is just a part of your life like anybody else's. Mm. When they go to high school, they go to, you grow up out of that shit. Yeah. So you might be a gang banger in primitive stage. Yeah. This is what I teach. Then you go to the conservative stage yeah. where you say, damn, I'm doing a lot of stupid shit. I just don't want to be down with it. Yeah. So you're really confused so you don't even report to the gang. Yeah. And then you go to the new king stage. You're comfortable in your skin. Yeah. You're comfortable being a king. But you understand that it doesn't have to involve criminal activity. Yeah. That I can have my wife, my son, and yeah. hey, I'm more than ready. Yeah. And keep walking and don't have to duplicate or act like those that still didn't find that path of growing up and going out. Now, a lot of people have leveled, you're just, that's just bullshit. You're just trying to cover for, for, for something. You know, there are people are, it's, I love reading some of the New York Times articles about you because they can't get their head around it. Now there's something, there's a trick here. There's a trick with this guy. He's up to something Could and, you're not, sign and you're not. What profit? Yeah, exactly. What man that brought a good message yeah. was never looked at yeah. by the Pharisees, by the government as suspicious, as connected. Remember. The late, great JC. You know what I've learned? The, the law was written by the first man who broke it. <laughs> Very good. I learned that what they were teaching me was what I needed to know to hold me down. And that when I, I learned to be free, I learned the steps that I use in my marketing. So a perfect example, HBO and all that, do you see? Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't know that like TED Talks and they could test this. You go to all my members, all that shit was scripted. I fooled prime time. They slept with me six months and they didn't know I was pulling skids on them. Not because I was fake. Yeah. How the fuck am I gonna take prime time when I'm rolling up on guys that are selling drugs and I'm preaching this message? Yeah, yeah. Shit, somebody could get killed. But I knew I was doing it, so I knew how to make it like they do now, how to script it. So I would put kings as blood yeah. and all that and show them what I was doing, yeah. but it wasn't the real thing. They came to destroy me. I said, there's going to be negative. Mm. But when the fucking kings see me on TV, a thousand dethroned it, seeds are going to be planted everywhere. Right. And sure enough, they came begging for interviews. And I asked my brother, 
We put skits on that had prime time, hard copy, everybody playing, like these kids are this. Yeah. And me and my boys are laughing. That look at people still hate me about those things. And when me and my brothers tell me it was skits, they still can't believe it. They said, no, that was real. Until they, I really show them, and when they see the guys in the red light, they say, that's Nova. <laughs> so you see, you dumb motherfucker. Because it, it was dangerous for me. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But I made them understand. I'm fucking using the machine. Yes. Against them. What is your, right, 2017, what is the core of your message? I know you want to help young people. The grow up, grow out is, hey, get over yourself. What, what is your core message to Hispanic Americans in this time of fucking Donald Trump <coughs> and to, the, to a young kid who is like you were, who's maybe tonight staring up at the stars because he's had his first drink somewhere in Brooklyn? I tell you, don't turn a moment into a lifetime. Turn a lifetime into moments. And what I mean by that is live your life simple and slow. And I teach kids that it's all right to be a kid. And I teach the parent to accept the failure as a learning mechanism that all kids did in the history of the world to get where they are, right? Love, respect, honesty, unity, knowledge and love. Build a community. Don't be afraid to let other people come in and help you. And then the last thing I tell them, act, goddammit, act! Puerto Ricans, blacks, Latinos, Mexicans, you're all caught up in these little groups and this uh, Black Lives Matters, women's rights against Trump. It doesn't mean shit to y'all get together. So this is what United Families model was. Agree to disagree. If I don't dig why you taking me to that rally like it isn't in our, in our structure of who we are, we'll send representatives, not the whole contingency. To show condolence and unity yeah. and the right as a gay, yeah. you have to be here, yeah. like the kings do. But I don't bring us all because you know we don't believe in the lifestyle. But we won't talk against you in the media. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? We don't yeah. go with the faggot. Yeah, you yeah, get it? Yeah, yeah. I taught my... You think America is more racist today than it was in 1980? Of course. Let me tell you why. President Trump is the reflection of what America's presidents were always made to be, businessmen. I don't believe the Declaration of Independence, all of that was written for us, the people. We Good wasn't point. people then, Good we were point. property. It was written by businessmen, creating a country on business, built on the backs of people they considered nobodies. It, it evolved, but my point is, so we had this articulate brown man named President Obama. Mm. And for a black man to win that prestigious spot, Men. they told us, a president is classy. He talks right. He's not a racist. That office holds this prestige about it that it changes you. And here comes Trump saying, fuck that, I'm a cowboy. Yeah. And that black did a lot of shit mm. that we got to erase because this is our country. But the problem is that the, that prick got the beaten down person to vote for him. You know what I called it? I mean, I, I, quite a You know what I called it, people? The white whip. And I, let me make it explain. Remember the slave got whipped? I get it, yeah. So the white whip was the same inspirational message, Trump ain't a dummy, that Obama used to wake up the college kid, the, the downwritten like me, yeah. the gangster that went and voted for the first time, because they see somebody that talk like them, look mm -hmm. like them, act like them. We believed in his message as a black man and hope. Trump gave that same hope to the same kind of people, but that were white. Yeah. What I'm saying, yeah. that were forgotten. Because there's a lot of white people in America sure. that are living in trailers yeah. that don't got money. Yeah. So 
America isn't about black racism. It's about rich racism. Yep. It's about money racism. I see some white people that they treat like black people. They don't got lawyers. They don't got money. No. You get it? They they become a. No, a, I mean to to me the word is the, the the world, not just America. Inequality is getting out of fucking control. It was always there, but it was under the carpet, pushed out. As you said, you took the place of a ghetto when the Irish fucked off out of it, when we made a few money building houses. The Jamaicans had to come in when the Ricans got to a point, right? Exactly. But you know what? No one goes over there. That's for all the fucking poor people. That's right. And that is starting to get back on agendas, and people are starting to get fucking upset about it. And I think, I was going to ask you, do you think that we're going to have a tipping point? Do you think that we're going to... You know, someone said that maybe it's the end of the end. Maybe what we're experiencing now is the end of the end. Maybe Trump is like that fucking, the darkest hour is the, dar- is the hour. Because if there's one thing he's done, he's got a lot of people fucking pissed off. No, and it's good, right? In a good way. No, of course, we need it. Yeah. A wake-up call, right? Yeah. But I don't think Trump is the worst of the worst yet. You mean there's more to come? There's more to come because yeah. as all the good books show you, the Hebrews, when they were under Pharaoh, became complacent like Puerto Rico we don't need a president just give us man we we want to be a state please keep giving us welfare keep giving us you know we become dependent on our owners so it's the sad point that I think darker because right now I'm calling for a cry right my plan is to call for a cry for all the power groups in the United States of America right now I got all the founders of the Bloods the Crips of the major gangs I'm talking to them imagine if we had in New York and, and, and we go to DC with all the power groups in America, a million of them in front of the White House flying blue, black, red, and taking their most inti- intellectual work. I don't want to- Take an avenue. I don't want to wrap up there that. talking. Yeah. No, I want the lawn. I, I work for DC's governor. I, I mean, so my dream is to bring all these gangs for the first time and show on DC's lawn in front of this, right there in the Capitol. Memorial, yeah. That kings, bloods, mm. crips, we're back. This is our home. Mm. We're fighting. We could be here. We don't kill each other. Mm. You have given us the direction. Do you think it could descend to violence? Yes, because... I mean, you saw you saw those fucking pitchfork-wielding supremacists with torches. They had fucking see, torches. What? You see, and this is my point, and he called them good guys. My point is, imagine if we were there, the kings. Oh, you kids. get it? Oh, if they were blacks. Because the point is, Good sometimes have to hit back. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. That's and what, I want think the community the... to hit back. Yeah, do you think it could? Yes, it could, mm. as if it wants to. And, and that's why Might I Why does it have to? I cry, I cry because you go and you say, yo, like people like me, these, these, these gangsters that have turned their life around and now a president message, is our own brothers that yeah. want to stay in the bottom that say, oh, you a snitch now, or oh, you working for the system, and you see that fake news is real news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the real news cannot exist. That can be very damaging. See? So my point to you is, can it happen? Yes, it can. But I really think that they need to take an example from me, the Kings, the, all those that did it in 94, 95, 96. We evolved every organization and tell them, come to the table understanding that this is not about you. That's not the main cause. The yeah. cause is that this man's got to see the other united again. And we could take care of that separate shit somewhere else. But when we call, when we ring them, blow the alarm, the trumpet, 
We show up together. Yeah, I agree with that totally. I totally you do. You get what I'm trying to teach? And as a, someone who's lived in America, I'm just, I, I think at the start of our conversation, I said that that was the most disappointing thing to me. That almost the system encourages, enjoys, likes division, likes when there's, when there's this stuff, doesn't like unity, doesn't like the fact that a black man and a yellow man and an Irish man and a Hispanic can walk down the street arm in arm under a protest. And I think that's the message I'd like to give to yeah, people what listening. What I want you to remember is, like I said, the first one who broke the law made it. Remember, this group of rich men and men that came from England did treason against the king. Yep. And the way they did it is they formed a gang. Mm-hmm. And it was a mixture of gangs. And they were mixed people. The power they had to take one of the world powers and mm. chase them out of their land. Do you think they're going to forget that and let any of us ever copy that shit again? <laughs> you don't get it? I think it'll, you know what? I think it'll always happen. No, I, but you get the point. Yeah. They knew they were a gang in the yeah, beginning. Yeah. They knew they started at outlaws yeah, yeah. and civil disobedient. Yeah. They seen what they won. Yeah. And they're going, that's the number one thing mm. we got to take from the American Indian, the Latinos, and everybody that comes. Their identity. Their self-identity and yeah. make them what? Made in America. Yeah. Made in the capitalistic. Those values shit in that family shit, come on! So that's what I'm telling kids today. Listen to me, kids. A system has been built to keep us from rising to the top. Gangs, drugs, all that shit is around, but that is no excuse for you to turn your back on your God-given right to defend not only the freedom for your existence, but for the one you want to bring into this world so he can live free too. So my four-year-old deaf son, I want him to have coverage because he's deaf. Mm. He need cochlear implants. I need insurance. Mm. I need to fight for my son because my father was a renter his whole life. Mm. I want to own a house so then my son starts, I got a house. Yeah. Now, you get it? We've stopped caring about the next generation self-loathing on what we're suffering through. Yeah. We've become cowards to fight. For real, mm. that Braveheart shit, man. I used yeah. to love that shit yeah. when he, you know, and he, he stood that, and I love that movie. It's just anything that's a freedom fighter that's willing to scream out, leave us alone. We want to be free. You can take away our women, but you cannot take away our freedom. freedom. You can't take our freedom. Right? That's a good place to end it. Antonio Fernandez, that was a. F- Thank you so much for giving me so much time, by the way. But I hope I didn't talk too much. You did not. I just <laughs> loved that. I was a bit nervous coming in here, but I thought, I, I just see a man who's got care and passion and humanity in him and I just wish you every luck in the thank quest you. that you're trying to do and the change you're trying to affect it's, thank you and it's a blessing to meet someone like you keep making these part messages to our youth because you know they need messages they need our, they need us to translate look after what yourself. they don't understand look after yourself thank you bro